Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, the podcast for the NBC television show, Friday Night Lights. My name is Blake, I'm coming to you from Oxford, Mississippi, and I'm a big fan of the show, been a fan since the first season, and have steadily uh, been able to introduce it to more and more of my friends, and not a one of them has, has said they didn't like it, uh, I think, and we've been able to talk and share and, and be able to uh, talk about plot lines and who's doing what and how things are, and all of us agree it's probably the best show that we've seen on television and just want to be able to, to see if there are others and more and be able to share that as well. And so um, starting at the podcast, obviously a little bit late in the in the scheme of things with it being season three and episode eight just just happened last week. But we'll be doing a few different things here in the show, having a few different segments. But um, one of the things we do want to make sure we do have is li- listener feedback. And so if there's something that um, you suggest, something that you want, uh, just listen to later in the show and we'll be able to tell you how you can contact the show here and uh, maybe have some, some dialogue with that or maybe some suggestions of what we should have, what we should be able to be a part of. So, again, um, welcome and here we go. Episode 8, New York, New York. The show opens and we see the guys celebrating the sale of the house, sitting around the table and um, they're all talking about what they can do or want to do with uh, with the money, what's going to happen with it. And uh, Jason busts out with just that he's going to move to New York City and get a job as a sports agent. All the guys are pretty surprised about that, and even Tim especially. He goes, you know, well, why would you want to leave Texas? He replies, Jason tells him that it's not about Texas, it's about Noah. And after a moment of silence, they all think, okay, and um, Tim says, well, when are we leaving? They're ready to go. Cut to Tammy uh, in the house with, in a house, empty house with Katie McCoy. Uh, Katie's been working in real estate, so she's showing around a little bit, and um, she's just falling in love with it. Tammy is, and uh, Katie's pushing her. Okay, we need to call a realtor now. We need to um, make a move fast because the house has just been foreclosed on. It's not going to be in the market soon. But Tammy's like, no, no, no. We need to wait and talk with Eric. Um, we cut to Cash uh, telling Tyra that he's about to be on the road as a rodeo cowboy for about six months, and um, telling her that he'd love for her to be able to come, but. She says no, that she'd like to, but she's got school and college interviews, and um, he, he assures her that he'll, he understands, and he'll be back before too long. And you can see in her eyes, though, that she's not wanting to see him leave. Cut again to practice, and um, uh, J.D.'s throwing the ball, but it's not going very well for him. Uh, you see that uh, he's off target sometimes, but mainly the receivers are not running the correct routes. That they're not uh, catching the ball, and the ball is getting there. And and Matt is Matt Saracen is visibly upset, yelling, "Come on, what are you doing? Run the right routes." Um, probably some frustration from his benching uh, the past couple of weeks, not because he didn't do well, but because J.D. McCoy is the golden arm of Dylan Texas right now. It seems, and uh, he actually asked Coach Chandler, "Come on, can can I run a route? I can do better than these guys." And Eric goes, "If you think you can do better, get in there." And so he runs. In there, runs a route, does well, and uh, everything, uh, he, he catches it, and Eric looks on like he's pleased. But all of a sudden, Coach McGill falls down, and it turns out Mac is having a heart attack. Cut to credits, opening scene starts. Then all of a sudden, we see uh, that Tim and Jason are on the streets of New York. It's Texas in New York, and they're walking around, and uh, they're in the big city. They're, they're checking things out, and they automatically start looking for a suit because... Uh, Jason knows he needs a suit when he goes in to talk with Grant, the sports agent that he met a few episodes back uh, that was with Wendell, Wendell Foley, an old teammate of his. 
And so Tim asks just a random guy walking down the street in a nice suit where he got his from. And they go looking and go to one of the nicest suit stores, uh, suit stores, one of the nicest stores in, in uh, New York City, Paul Stewart. And uh, turns out that the suit thereafter was $1,800, almost $1,900. And so immediately, boom, we find ourselves looking in a different part of New York City, uh, looking at a store that sells suits too for $125. And, um, uh, they decide this is what they need, and they actually get a, a deal with some shirts and uh, different things going on that get a really good deal. Right after that, Jason starts thinking, what if what if all this doesn't work out? What if I don't get a job? What if I do get the job? And Aaron says no, and Tim tells him, you know, he says, listen, you can play the what-if game all day long. And Jason agrees, says, yeah, and i, I got to make sure. i got to make sure that she doesn't say no. We cut to uh, Mac in a hospital bed, Coach McGill, and Eric's there, buddy. Buddy Garrett is there watching and uh, trying to, you know, give him some encouragement, saying, "Well, everybody's thinking about you know, on the way out." And I, uh, I thought it was funny that Buddy even said, "You know, you get um, get your little drink out of your little flexi straw there," which I think is a nod to some of the flexibility that they give the the actors in doing their job. But as soon as they leave the the hospital room, Buddy starts in on on Eric talking about how Wade Aiken should be the replacement for for Coach McGill. And that's what the booster's like. That's a good idea for that. That's who's been working with J.D. McCoy for so long that he would be able to – he knows the boy. He knows his mechanics. He knows how he how he works and all, and he'd be a great addition. And Eric says, it's not, it's not the boosters. It's it's Joe McCoy that's that's pushing that. And he says, you just tell the boosters that I'll be the one that handles this. Cut again to, uh, to Tammy in her office. Uh, she's telling Tyra how excited she is about – the community colleges uh, that Tyra's getting ready to, to be applying to and interviewing for, and Tyra's saying she thinks she's ready for it, but you can see there's some hesitancy there. Next scene, you cut to uh, to Eric watering his lawn, and he's there as Matt walks up, and he's looking for Julie, and every time that uh, Matt starts to say something a little bit more serious, uh, every time that happens, Eric interrupts him with going, Julie, but finally he gets he gets a word in, and says, Coach, I'd really like a chance to be able to move over to wide receiver because I know the routes. Um, I, I know them better than probably anybody else. I can, I can do them. I know how a quarterback thinks. And so would you consider that? And Eric pretty much flatly tells him no. says, look, if you get hurt playing receiver, and then if J.D. gets hurt, I'm screwed. I've got nobody at, at quarterback then. So the answer is no. And pretty much brushes him off. He just says okay and goes on in to find Julie. Back to New York City, we see Jason in his new suit. Uh, he and Tim are going to see Graham. And so they get to the office. The receptionist wasn't wanting to budge until he dropped the name Wendell Foley, saying, I'm a friend of Wendell Foley's, and I met Grant back a few weeks ago uh, when he was down in Texas, and so uh, he was ready to see me. And immediately when she passes that information on, she uh, he comes to the door, and she says, Who, who's here? And he goes back, and... Um, he makes his pitch. Uh, he says, um, I'm thinking I'm ready for this. Can I do it? And basically Grant crushes his dreams pretty quickly saying, look, this isn't like Dillon, Texas, where, uh, you know, you're able to just, uh, cause you're a friend of a booster. You get a job really easily. He says, look, there are Harvard grads who want jobs here. Doesn't work out for them. And so it's not so easy. I'm, I'm sorry. He says, the only reason I let you in is because your buddy Wendell, he stood me up. He, he, uh, messed me over and I thought you may have some information, but he's planning to sign with this other agency that's some some big time agency with tons of athletes and so um tim comes on out and he's uh he's pretty upset uh, cut back to the taylor home um eric is complaining about wade mccoy uh, excuse me about joe mccoy pushing on uh wade aiken and tammy does say hey, well you know he may, he may actually know more about the board than anybody else 
But then she changes subjects really quickly and starts talking about the house and about how the house is her dream house, how awesome it would be, how she could see them living there and being happy. And he says, did you find this house on your own? And she goes, well, no, Katie McCoy helped me. He goes, ah, Katie McCoy. And you can see he's just livid at the fact that, again, the McCoys are pressing themselves into every corner, it seems, of, of his life and, and frustrating him there. Cut back to uh, New York City, and you see Jason and Tim going through the streets, and uh, Jason's pretty ticked off at himself and just down and saying, I, I, you know, he's complaining I didn't get the job, no, what's going to happen, I'm so aggravated, What, what was? how stupid was I thinking I was come up here and just be able to walk in. And Tim basically st- starts pulling the maturity card and being bigger than we have ex- seen him be. And says, listen, dude, drop the violin. He says, where, where are we? We're, we're in New York, he says. And then he starts talking about all the things they can do, but there's this club and this bar, and there's this Broadway play called Gypsy that we can go to that's supposed to be pretty good. And Jason interrupts and says, look, I appreciate the fact. You're, you're trying to be kind and cool to me, but uh, it's not working. Look, you know, I'm the only thing that's going to cheer me up right now is my boy in my arms, and that's not what I have, and that's what I was shooting for today. Tim says, you know what? You want your boy in your arms? He says, you go down, grab Wendell, bring him back, make him son with Grant, and you're the only one that can do that. You know that. And you'll, you'll get a job. They won't be able to deny you. And that, that's some leverage. That's all you, all you got to do. At first, Jason pipes back, look, you, you expect me to go down to, you want me to go down to Penn A&M and tell Wendell, you got to come up here and sign? You can tell Wendell he's making a mistake. He pauses and says, that's brilliant, Riggs. He says, guess where we're going in the morning? Tim says, right after Gypsy tonight. Cut back to practice field. Uh, practice is over, and uh, as players are leaving, uh, Coach Taylor walks over to Wade Aiken, who's there watching, waiting on, on J.D. to come come uh, get ready after practice to go do some of their own private personal workouts. And uh, Eric just pitches the idea, saying, look, uh, Mac McGill's out for a number of weeks. Uh, you know about it, but um, would you be willing to temporarily fill in for him? Wade says, yeah, and he says, now, understand, no special treatment for J.D. Uh, we got to make sure that's that's something that's up front, and they both shake and agree on it, and Eric does look still a little little hesitant about it. Um, cut back to uh, now we're seeing Matt and Julie, and Matt asks Julie, does your dad not like me anymore? He says, Every, he says ever since I got mad at him about, about benching me, he acts like he doesn't like me. And she asks, is this about him not letting you play wide receiver? And she said, my dad's stubborn, and sometimes you got to be persistent. you got to keep on after him. And Matt says, doesn't that get kind of annoying? And I don't think that Matt can have the same effect on, on Coach Taylor as Julie can, obviously. Uh, we switched to Tyra in her interview, and she's waiting to go in and uh, for, for getting ready to talk to one of the uh, administrators at the, at the community college, and she gets a call from Cash. He's just telling her he's been missing her, and she just jumps in pretty quickly and says, are you going to be faithful to me? And he's like, well, what kind of question is that? She doesn't say anything back at first, and he goes, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to try my best. He says, but six months is a long time and lots of long, cold nights out here by myself. But I promise I'll try to be faithful because I love you, which is a pretty empty promise. I I love you, so I'm going to try to be faithful. And so you can tell the wheels are turning, and she's upset, and she's like, okay, and i got to go, and... um, then you also, she walks in for her interview, and all of a sudden, here comes a commercial break. But it starts back up with Tyra walking into Tammy's office, and uh, she's wanting to check and see if she'd heard back from the college, see how the interview went. And Tammy basically says, it, it went okay, but it's a good learning experience. We're going to have to get better. We're going to have to do some more, um, some more preparation, some more colleges, and you can tell she's pretty upset about that. 
she's bothered by knowing that she failed and that she's going to keep on trying. Transition, now you see Riggins and, uh, and Street. Jason Street walking through campus at Penn A&M. And Jason ends up asking, so if, if this all works out, no, when this all works out, you'll have to live here, right, for good. And Jason says, yeah, that's the plan. Riggins goes, well, I mean, Jason says, that's the plan, but just, uh, yeah, is that, does that bother you just a little bit? And Riggins was like, no. And you can tell that the bro, he's afraid of his bromance with uh, with Jason being being broken up a little bit. But Jason goes on up into the dorm. Uh, he gives gives his best pitch when he comes in uh, to to speak with Wendell and tells him that Big Rage is here with. They don't care about you. They got too many. You come work with Grant. You'll be able to uh, be the guy that he focuses on. You'll be his 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 kids' college fund. And he says, you know, you he'll be counting on you. And so. Uh, Knowing that your that your son's counting on you for something, he'll make sure that that he does his job right with you and gets you what you deserve. And he's able to put you out there to to be the best that you can be. Um, Wendell asks him, "What do you get out of?" It? He goes, "Well, I'm looking for a job, Wendell." He says, "I'm gonna be honest with you." He says, "But I could have given up. I could have gone back home and I could have played my pity party and I could have wondered. I wonder if Wendell's making a big mistake. I wonder what's going on with him. But I decided to come back and and tell you that uh, and tell you this and help you do the best you can be." Be the best you can be. And uh, Wendell ends up saying, Jason, there's no one else like you. And Jason just kind of, kind of Jason gives that nod like, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Uh, so then we cut to the three of them, uh, Jason, Tim, and Wendell all sitting in the lobby. And Grant comes out pretty quickly. And uh, Wendell says that he's back and because of, because of Jason. So Grant calls them, the two of them back in their office. And you expect good things to happen. We cut to dinner at the Taylor house. And uh, Matt's eating supper with the Taylors. And Julie all of a sudden asks her dad, well, why don't, why don't you let Matt play wide receiver? And you can see Matt goes, oh, don't worry about Julie. And, and at the same time, that was what uh, Coach was saying. No, don't worry about it. He goes, no, seriously, dad, why don't you let him play? Matt starts to say something again. She goes, Matt, and points the finger at him like, you hush, let me handle it. And she goes through. He, he gives his heart to the Panthers. He's practiced hard. He's won you know, games. He's, he's this and that. You ought to give him a chance. And he goes, well, why don't we change the subject here? Why don't we talk about the house that we don't, we can't afford that your mother wants to buy? And Matt interrupts and says, no. Coach, I do know I do know the routes better than anybody else. I can't play wide receiver. Listen, let's go outside. Let's throw. You throw me, call 10 routes. I'll run them all perfectly. If I miss one, I'll shut up about this. He says, you miss one, we're, you're, you're out. He says, you catch them all, I'll think about it. So they go out. There's a little bit of competition. They get kind of fired up. One pass, two pass, three pass. All are working. You got Tammy and Julie cheering. You got Matt running the routes. He's doing well. He's asking, Coach, you all right? Your, your arm help, help, holding up there? And he goes, you're looking a little slow, Matt. Your legs, something wrong with your legs? He goes, yeah, I've been on the bench too long. Oh, you haven't been using them, huh? So there's kind of a little bit of a uh, a humorous tension there between them, giving each other back and forth. But um, it comes down the last pass, and uh, he's been nine for nine. I don't know if it's, it seems like that he overthrew him a bit and he, he flung it out there long and he dropped it. Coach looks a little disappointed. Matt hangs his head. Um, he brings the ball back to, to coach Taylor and coach Taylor says that was a piss poor pass. Um, he says, I'll think about it. And as he does, you see a little glance of a, uh, of victory met possibly between Julie and Matt there. Cut to, cut to tire coming out of her house. She's carrying a suitcase and, uh, um, Cash is walking up, and she says she's ready to go. Let's go. And he goes, what? Are you, are you serious? What about school? She goes, don't talk me out of it. Let's go. And so quite obviously here, Tyra is giving up her her 
school pursuits for at least for now, uh, for it looks like forever, to go join Cash on the rodeo circuit. She's going to ride around. The next thing we see is Tammy talking Coach Taylor into uh, going and looking at the house one more time. She says that, uh, we got to go look at it. We look at it with me tomorrow. And he goes, okay. And So the realtor's pitching again nonstop. But Eric asks for some time with Tammy alone. You can tell he hates the realtor. Um, Tammy's giddy, but he's saying, look, this isn't going to work. In a very, very serious speech, he says, as much as I would love to give this to you, we cannot do this. He says, it's, it's a lot. He says, if we end up getting this, I would, I would go crazy. I wouldn't sleep at night. He says, what if, what if I, you know, I, I, I would love to, but it's just not going to work for us financially. And she nods and goes, you know, I don't need this house. He says, I've got you, I've got Jules, I've got Gracie Bell. And he says, I don't need this house. And they quickly exit, tell the lady, thanks for your time, thanks for your help, but it's just not for us. We're officially off the market right now. Um, cut to uh, a taxi going down the road. New York City, uh, in a New Jersey. And uh, you hear Jason giving a speech about, uh, and you and Noah, I want to live with y'all but um, and everything, but it turns out he's talking to Tim, and he's kind of going through what he's going to say, and all of a sudden Tim goes, Jason, I'm pregnant. And she goes, what, what, what are you talking about? He says, I'm trying to play the part of your girl, Six. You know, and uh, he goes, just just be quiet, man. So the the taxi gets there to, uh, to Aaron's house, and they're getting out, and Tim's helping, helping Jason get in his chair and getting ready to go up there. He says, listen, he says, I, I hope, I hope you get everything that you want, but no matter what happens in there, you'll always be my best friend and you deserve to be happy. And Jason looks at him nice, thankfully, and gives him a, a fist bump. They both say Texas forever. He wheels on up and Jason's watching him go like he's seeing his, his best friend leave. And, uh, Aaron comes to the door. Holding Noah, he's a little surprised that Jason's there. He said, "What are you doing?" He says, can, "Can I hold? Can I hold Noah? Can I hold my son?" Then he tells Aaron about the job. Says he wants to live with her and Noah. If that's okay with her, he says, "I, I want to stay close by. I've got a job in New York, um, but if you don't want me to, that's fine. I, I'll, I'll live close by, though." He says, "But not too close where you think I'm a stalker." But um, I want to want to live my life a way that this boy gets to see his daddy and um, be a part of his life as much as you'll let me. And um, she's she's overcome. She's she's starting to cry. She's like, I, I miss you so much. And he goes, I, I miss you too. And they're hugging and, and giving sugar. And it cuts over to uh, to Riggins, giving that look where he's proud, he's sad, he's happy, he's sentimental, and you see him tear up. And uh, it's probably one of the, the more tender moments you've seen in, in Friday Night Lights before. So that is episode eight. And. Uh, now we'll we'll talk a little bit about what the episode, uh, what it means. So you know, what what are your thoughts about the episode as a whole? Um, for me, as I look through, I think it's again evidence of why it's one of the better shows on TV, if not the best. But um, with the acting, with the with the storyline and all. But um, I think it's it's setting up a few different things. If you think through, even to the beginning beginning of the show, uh, you see that Wade Aiken is going to have uh, some influence, which is yet. Another way that it seems like that Joe McCoy is going to have his hand in the dealings of, of Eric's team, because uh, Wade Aiken is Joe McCoy's hired man, has been for a while. Uh, even moved him to to Texas with him. Uh, it makes you wonder what's going to happen there with the team. But then again, you see maybe a breaking out of, of Matt. Uh, we wondered if Matt would have to regain the quarterback position. He may still have to, but at least it looks like now he's going to get a shot to be on the field in a, in a different way. Um, don't know exactly yet. Coach is saying he's going to think about it, but you have to think that Matt Saracen has been um, 
pretty much one of the, one of the pulses of Friday Night Lights from from episode two of season one. Um, so uh, you know that he's going to play a part from here out, and because when he disappears, is we all, we all miss him. But uh, will he play wide receiver more? I don't know. I was good to see him stepping up and being aggressive because usually he's one that just takes it as it goes, and he was you know stepping up to coach like he did last time when he asked him why have you benched me, but um, saying you know I, I need to. Uh, I need to be on the field, and I think I deserve it. Um, so that's, that was pretty interesting there. Um, with the with Tyra seeming to put put her college hopes on hold, I'm 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 nervous for. Her. I'm scared for. Her. She's she's done a tremendous amount of work. It seems like this last bit, but here again, she may be falling back into her old ways. She seems like one of those girls that need a guy to feel self worth. For whatever reason, Landry um, wants to be that guy, but Landry wasn't working out for her. Uh, and so she's found uh, older, older uh, cowboy cash, and now she's given up uh, maybe her senior year, even graduation, but most likely college to to go off and and see what happens with her uh, her cowboy boyfriend on the road for six months, all because she's afraid he won't be faithful to her. When it seems obvious to a lot of people that uh, he's not he's not going to be the best, the best for her. Um, the uh, the moments in New York with. Tim and Jason were were unique. I actually read a little bit about how that was filmed, and uh, I think it was two or three cameras, uh, two actors, and the one director uh, going through New York City. They were going places they didn't have permits to to actually to film. Um, it, it was illegal, actually, I think, to do it on the subways. And they went ahead and did it and got off. And there's even actually a wheelchair accessible ramp right there for them, which. Uh, uh, they hadn't planned. They hadn't even scouted the location when they just got off, and there it was. They said they had some production assistants and assistant directors uh, there with them trying to keep the crowds out and um, keep people back. And they said that it was crazy. There were people there taking pictures, and whether they are fans of the show or not. But uh, just the unique way I think that Friday Night Lights is is done uh, continues to make it be what is so real. Uh, that's one of the things I think that I've always liked about the show is it's the most real show. Uh, there are many shows that I, I would say that I enjoy watching. Um, Lost is probably my, my other favorite TV show out there. and It's engrossing with the mythology, with what's going on, with, with what's happening or not. Can we figure it out? But it's obviously not very real. It's obviously not very um, <laughs> logical in what happens in real life. And, and even though not everything in Friday Night Lights is, is real, because you get Tim Riggins and uh, Lala Garrity and Tyler Colette, who are seemingly in their third senior year right now. And even in this episode, you have Tim Riggins, who runs off to New York for a while. Doesn't tell Coach Taylor he's going anywhere. We'll see if anything happens next week when he shows back up. Um, but sometimes they just take uh, some time off and, you know, what in the world's happening. Though. But uh, as far as relationships, as far as um, real life and what a real marriage and things like that would be, um, I think that this this is one of the most accurate shows of, of how real life happens. And so uh, part of that, again, is, uh, you know, that they don't really have rehearsals. They don't really have um, a lot of things they go through. They just they have, here's your script, here's what's supposed to happen, here's who you're going to be talking with. But you can throw some of your own things in there. You can throw some of your own uh, ad-libs of stuff that happens or not. Um, I think that's that, that happens lots of times to see what happens. You know, one of the problems I've had with trying to tell people they should check the show out, and I'm sure that others have as well, is they think, I don't like football, or I don't like high school football, or I don't like Texas. And Texas is a big part. Um, Football, high school football is a big part. But it's so much more than just high school football that this show's about. That's kind of the backdrop. That's the, you know, you may not like uh, 
a lot of things that shows are based on, but when you get to know the people and the characters and the lives that are involved there, that's what makes it so real. And that's one of the reasons I, want, I hope to be able to see that it, it continues on, that this show becomes something more than uh, just a three-season three season, uh, television show. Even one of the things I remember seeing uh, as far as the improvisation, the flexibility that they allow their actors was one time that uh, to the kitchen, Tim Riggins was coming into the, the house there that he and Billy share. And he was dressed up in his suit and about to get a beer out of the refrigerator. And if you remember, that he, he just drops his pants right there and takes them off and is walking around. And everybody's like, what are you doing? And he's like, you know, I'm having a beer in my house. And goes over and he's sitting talking to uh, to Lila and, and Billy and, and all. And uh, come to find out that that was not written into the script. That was not written into uh, what was to be expected. And so those reactions at first were, were true. Uh, but uh, Taylor Kish decided that was, he says, you know, Tim Riggins don't wear these clothes. So he took them off right then and there. And uh, just everybody kept rolling with it and didn't break character and kept kept rolling the cameras too. And so I think that's yet another example of how things go. Um, I saw uh, Zach Guilford plays Matt Saracen on, on Chelsea Lately's talk show. And he said that, you know, think, sort of things like that happen. And so, you know, you can name drop and things like that all the time. He said. And so she was actually trying to get him to uh, put – put her name somehow in season four if it comes if there, if it is renewed um, he goes yeah i could be so, so landry have you seen chelsea lately and she was like yeah but um i think sometimes i've heard that the, the actors actually try to throw each other off and get each other to um to mess up or to be uh caught off guard with some of the things that are said so i think it's almost expected a few things about some of the what some of the actors are doing you know that uh, taylor kitch has his movie um Wolverine movie coming out pretty soon. He'll be a part of. You'd be expecting that. I'll put some of the, some information about that in the show notes. Uh, Matt Saracen, uh, Zach Guilford, who plays Matt Saracen, is in a movie that just was out at Sundance not too long ago. I have some information about that up, and then a number of interviews that have happened. Um, but one of the things that was that was really cool to read and need to, to take a look at is that uh, Scott Porter, the guy that plays that plays uh, Jason Street actually blogged the the episode. And so he talks about what happened uh, to his character to kind of overall and just kind of the wrapping up of, of how he was portrayed and, what, what, you know, just kind of the the Jason Street overall thing. He has a really cool story about, about a scene that they had recorded that they'd filmed for the episode uh, that didn't make the didn't make the the show, and he says he hopes that it, it makes it on the DVD, maybe some deleted scenes, but uh, it goes back to season two, I believe when he, he ended up saying that he was quitting, uh, he was not going to help out anymore and quitting the team for the second time and took a big box of trophies and game tape and gave them to, to Coach Taylor and said, I don't need you, need these anymore. I'm, I'm leaving football behind. Coach Taylor said, well, I'll hold on to these until you're ready to come back and get them later, uh, kind of knowing that he would. And so uh, Scott Porter said that he, he asked if he could have a scene where he would go back and ask for that box of uh, – of his stuff, the videos, the the trophies, uh, back from Coach Taylor because Coach Taylor was kind of a father uh, to him. He did have a dad already, but was was even more a father in some ways in the way he shaped his life and and rooted for him. But um, it's a really great uh, great uh, blog entry to read there too. So I have that listed up in the show notes. Um, and I think that there's uh, one other interview I think with the lady that plays Mindy. Her name is Stacy Oristano, I believe. And, uh, she actually said that she's still looking forward to uh, to season four. Uh, hopefully, they, they haven't told her yes or no. And, you know, as far as ratings, it's kind of uh, not looking perfect. 
you know, I really don't understand NBC why they put a show that um, obviously so many people like, uh, obviously that the critics think so highly of, and they don't promote it well. Uh, they didn't. They put it on Friday nights when um, a lot of the demographic that they, they seem to be shooting for is probably not even watching television. Um, but um, what can you do? But uh, I, th- there has been uh, rumor, or maybe speculation, or maybe even some some truth to the fact that. DirecTV is again wanting to to show it first, and I guess the late fall, and then NBC possibly pick it up again in the in the spring, as they've done for season three. And if that were to happen, it would be outstanding. But um, it's been either in the third or the fourth spot in its time slot um, for the past few weeks, I think. And so uh, the ratings aren't that great. And I'm still baffled by it because again, I've I've been able to share with so many people. Uh, I say so many. But I've been able to share with a, a handful of my friends and. They've gotten their wives, and, and uh, uh, even my mom watches Friday Night Lights now, which I thought was pretty interesting. But uh, she she's into it and enjoys it too. And so uh, rarely have I heard some way that's actually watched it and spent time with it say that they did not like it. And I've been able to look across Twitter and across the Internet and across Facebook and to see that there's quite a community of people that are there for it. And so um, if we can figure out ways maybe to uh, to be able to, to push that, to be able to let NBC know, um, we can do that. One of the things that we don't have on today's show, obviously, is listener feedback. Um, being our first show, but we do want to be able to have that available. And so um, if you go to fnlpodcast.com, uh, that's our blog. So you can, uh, you'll find our show notes there. But you'll be able to leave a comment there if you want to about some different things about the show, about the podcast itself. Um, I, I welcome suggestions of how we can make it better. Um, one thing that I would love to have is someone else on here with me because I just don't want it to be uh, me talking the entire time. I think some dialogue, some interaction there would be great, and there's many different ways we could do that. And I may have a few friends here close by that could help me out uh, with it too. But um, if we end up having some people that can maybe via Skype or some way like that be able to do a co-hosting show, that, that could be awesome. But um, if you have suggestions on some segments we could have, some things that um, we could do differently, uh, that would be fine. But you can leave a comment there again, fnlpodcast.com, or you can send an email to fnlpodcast at gmail.com. Or I'm also going to have a way that you can call in and leave a voicemail, and we could have the comments. Uh, you could actually be on here yourself. Uh, the number for that is going to be 646 495 9205. And we ask you for the, the box number. The box number is 95469. And all this will be up also on um, fnlpodcast.com. So I'm um, looking forward to some, some feedback from that, some interaction, what we could do better. Uh, or if you just want to say, here's a part of the show that I um, am baffled by, I don't understand. Here's something I'm really pleased by. Here's something that I think things are going. And so um, a few questions for your feedback. What did you think of this episode? Um, what were some things that that happened that you're like, oh, goodness? Or what do you think? is Oh, wow, that's, that's awesome. Or, oh, wow, that's terrible. Um, what are you thinking about? The issue with the McCoys, with Wade Aiken starting to come into a coaching position, uh, with Joe McCoy still seeming to be pushing uh, his, himself into Eric's life and trying to control what's going on with the team, and by effect pushing his son further and further uh, forward at the front of the, of the Panthers. Um, you look at, at Tyra and Cash and her chasing after him, uh, seeming like she's giving away her high school, uh, her, her last year of her high school especially, and seeming like she's giving away her college hopes that she'd had as well, um, all the chase after after him. Um, you got Tim and, and Six with, uh, with the emotion that you, you saw between the two of them, uh, the bromance uh, that was that was going on that seems to be kind of uh, 
going to be a long distance bromance from now on if, if it's going to it's going to continue. Um, and then you got Matt Saracen who's stepping up, uh, being a little more confident for himself, seemingly at least, uh, pushing pushing the envelope with him wanting to be on the field somehow, some way, and so going forward with with a wide receiver position there in, in coach's life, uh, in that coach's life, but just pushing it into uh, into the forefront there, not giving up so quite easily. Um, anyway, those are a few things we can talk about. We'll have some polls up on the on the website as well, fnlpodcast.com, that you can respond to. And um, you can respond, as we said, there or through the voicemail or through the comments. Either way, until next time, Texas forever. Uh, clear out full hearts. Can't lose.